Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dr. P.E. and J.B. acting as your dental business mentors. We're here basically answering questions. You guys will know this from the past. We don't come here with a bunch of bullet points prepared. It's off the cuff. So it's just the real world experience that we've had. The information that because we've had to deal with a number of problems over the years. It's always tip of tongue and ready to go. Hopefully it's impactful and helpful for you. Yeah, totally, man. We're trying to keep it potent, as we like to say. Yeah. (laughs) So what do we got today? What's our question? So question today is pivoting from, in my own words, pivoting from clinical to management. And I guess that can be taken in two ways, right? Either you're going clinical, you're going from a full-time clinical or part-time and having to do more management, or you're pivoting completely out of clinical. So. What are your thoughts there? I think that's the goal for a lot of people. A lot of people want to do that and that's sexy and it sounds good. And I think honestly, from my experience, I haven't met many dentists that are just like, I love it so much. I want to do it five days a week. I think honestly, like dentistry, I mean, it's hard on our bodies. It's hard on us psychologically and emotionally. And it's it's a nicer, more predictable place to be to do a little bit more management. So I think there's nothing wrong with wanting to do that. And I think a lot of people want to do that over my career. So it took me... I think four years to get an associate. And then, well, I mean, I'm 11 years in and I'm doing four to six, five hour days a month now. So I'm not doing a whole lot of clinical. I'm doing a lot more management, but I'm not doing all that much management either. I guess I've delegated that away as well. But for me, I think the challenge has always been thinking that I can't do this, that my patients aren't going to go for this. So for instance, like my patients aren't going to see an associate. And they will. And my patients aren't going to like be able, they're not going to come to the practice anymore if, if I'm not their primary dentist. Yeah, most of them will. And then getting to the point where my team needs me so bad that they won't listen to anyone else in a leadership position other than me. So those have been the bottlenecks and the roadblocks for me. But over time, what I've learned is that you have to draw some pretty firm boundaries about what you're willing to do. And you have to also realize that there is a management component to your office that needs to be done. Somebody needs to fulfill that role. And when you're a solo practice owner, the solo doc, you don't feel it as much. I think it's right when you get about like, when you get to that, I need an associate level, that's where you start to feel like you need to do a lot more management and you can't kind of do it as a side gig along with your dentistry. It takes that pivot. And so how do we make that pivot? We've got to look at what needs to be done and how do we free up time for ourselves. And for me, that's a big part of that is delegation, is looking at what am I spending time doing and how can I never do this again, no matter what it is. Are you doing the payroll? Are you scanning invoices? Are you ordering supplies? I know some docs that order their own supplies. Like, what are you doing that's non-clinical and how do you do less of it? And to free up time to do more of this management stuff, collaborating with your team, talking about what's working and what's not working and coming up with solutions and just inspiring people that we have a vision, we have a goal, we have a purpose in this office, and just being that leader that everybody needs. And I think right now, like, I'm seeing this new era of my practice where we're pushing almost $6 million in collections. And what I'm noticing is that my leads that I've delegated the leadership to, that I've delegated the management to, 
they're kind of going through the same struggles as I was when I was trying to get out of clinical is that like my main clinical lead, she's my main assistant. She only assists me, but we're short staffed and she's getting dragged back into assisting with other doctors and she needs time to like manage. And my front desk lead, she's doing a lot of the insurance and a lot of the patient care at the front and doing some verification. So she doesn't have time to manage. And same thing with like my office manager is doing a lot of the insurance and stuff too, because we're short in the front. So I am starting to experience problems at my practice that are largely due to a lack of management because of lack of personnel and because of just my leads taking on more and more roles that should probably be done by other employees. The big push right now is we're outsourcing a lot of things at the front desk because we just can't find people. So we're outsourcing things because I need somebody to manage. I need somebody to only sit there to train people and to make sure everything, all of our protocols are being followed. And right now it's hard to do that. So I think circling back, in order for you to make the pivot out of doing clinical dentistry to doing management, you've got to get yourself out of clinical and you've got to set that firm boundary not to get sucked back into it. Not to be like, hey, you're here. Your patient wants to see you. I know you're here to do management. I know you're here working on stuff, but this patient's here. They want to see you. You got to say, no, I'm not doing that. And that has been a big struggle for me over my career because I'm just nice and I want to people please and I want to make everybody happy. But at a certain point, I just started saying no. And even when maybe a friend of mine is in the practice, hey, they asked if you were here, they wanted to say hi. No, I'm not here. Tell them I'm not here. That might sound rude and stuff, but it's frustrating for me when I go in on my days where I'm supposed to do be doing management stuff and I constantly get distracted with things that are not what I set out intended to do. I do think when you start focusing on that management aspect and that leadership aspect and getting yourself out of clinical, you're going to grow your practice a lot. You're going to make more money doing that than you would be doing clinical dentistry. I'd say 90% of the time. I mean, the certain docs, they just kill it with clinical. They're doing big cases. They're doing surgical stuff. But I would say that's how you scale. And the only way to do it is delegate firm boundaries and stick to it and not have that fear of that. This is not going to work in my practice because there's always a way to make it work. I think I could put a period on that right there. What do you think, Justin? That's sort of the experience that most folks go through, right? I was telling you before we started recording today that it's been a little over five years since I've done any full-time dentistry and approaching four years where I've done any at all. So I haven't touched drill, haven't seen a patient, and it's been full-time management and doing other ventures. And I can tell you that for myself, the grass is not always greener. A lot of days I miss just going into the practice having a full day of surgery or a bunch of procedures that I like to do and connecting with my team and some of the patients and just getting to work. There's a level of predictability and certainty that comes with doing clinical dentistry after all these years. You get pretty good at it. You generally know what your outcomes are going to be. You're in your little bubble, so you're not dealing with things up front or any of the administrative stuff. Your chair's full, so people leave you to it and you have good relationships with your assistants and your team. And so then also it's a good income. So I find myself often thinking about doing a day or so of clinical dentistry. And I was just telling you about this before we started, Paul, right? But what I would suggest is anybody who's looking to pivot, the first thing you have to take care of is your income, right? Like if you're reducing clinical days or eliminating them, how do you replace that income in your life? And so for me, I don't have to go back into dentistry or doing clinical for any other reason because I then I want to not forced to go back because I need income for lifestyle savings or investment, which are like three categories that look like your rainy day fund, your investments for future growth and 
what you're going to spend on your day-to-day life and experiences. So that's a healthier position to be in. If you end up going into this other position where you're like, I don't even know where that cash is going to come from. You're going to create more stress in your life. So I wouldn't pivot until you have a plan for how that income is going to be replaced. And the lowest hanging fruit for most docs who have profitable practices is that ultimately they're going to figure out a way to balance their clinical consolidated into fewer days, make as much as they were in four and two. That's usually what I see happen. And then the other three days are there for management and you can increase the profitability of your practice to now even go to that next level. So now you're earning more than you would have because you've got time to focus on the business and grow that thing. So you're actually making more profit in the practice. So when well, you find let me that- interrupt for a second, because like what you just said there, I think is a good point to make is that you're going to lose money. If you're at a capacity point where you're full and you're taking on an associate and you're backing yourself off, that's when you'll make more money. But if you're not there, your practice is not that busy to begin with, and you're going to back off days, that's when you're going to decrease your take home. I think the recommendation would be most people to get your practice. Why is your practice not at to get it there? And then you can back off clinical days and not see any loss in income. But go ahead. I cut you off. I just want to add that. I think that's a valid point, right? So that's a valid point. So get the money right first, because although it's not the most important thing in the world, it's a tool that we all use to create a certain level of freedom in our lives, support our children, families, churches different organizations, it doesn't happen without that. And so if all of a sudden your lifestyle changes dramatically or you're not able to earn as much, that's going to create a lot of stress for you. So plan that piece first. And then the second piece about how to pivot is all the stuff Paul said, right? You're going to need the right team members, people you can delegate things to and set a schedule for yourself. When you go into clinical dentistry, I, this, I see this so much with docs who were doing four or five days a week. And then they eventually over time scale back. They only do two to three days a week of clinical and they have this management time now. They don't even know what to do on their management days. Like, they're like, what the heck do I do with my time? Like, it was easier for them to go in and just get the dentistry done because it was scheduled, what was there. I know how to do what I got to get done. Also have a plan for what you're going to do on those two days. So you're not just golfing. That's good too. Go ahead and do that. But use the days for management. Use the days to increase the ceiling on revenue and to reduce some of the expenses in the practice so you can create a more profitable business and get in the position you need to be in to serve you and the patients and your team ongoing. Those are kind of the two main things, right? The money piece, figure out your time and what you're going to do with that time for managing so you're actually managing and then continue to dial it in from there based on the results you're getting. I love that you don't need to go back and practice dentistry, but yet you want to. That's like, I'm scared. Why? I don't know, man. It's a recurring thought I have. I continue to think like I'm like, I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on CE. I was doing double, triple the CE of the average doc for years and years, right? You know this, you were like that too. I got really good at a lot of procedures. You know, I did procedures that a bunch of other docs wouldn't do. You know, I was doing lots of implants, sinus stuff, bone grafting, IV sedation, all these sorts of things that were like fun. And so I've got this skill now, right? And my take on it is why wouldn't I keep it alive a day a week, even if it means that down the road, I'm only going to ever use it on a volunteer basis, go to some third world country, whatever it is. I mean, you still need to somehow keep those skills alive. So to me, it's like, why not? But then again, I'll talk to you after if I've actually made the decision to do it. And then about six months into it, let you know how I feel. I might not feel as enthusiastic anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's going to wear off quick. But, But sitting on the sidelines for the last five years, I can tell you that it is a recurring thought. And we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I like doing ortho. I still like it. I do it because I like to do it. And and I'm trying to get rid of my veneer implants like that kind of day. Let's be honest here, Justin. Is there a possibility like a deep subconscious 
like yearning to just like hurt your patients. And that's what you're missing about <laughs> dentistry. No, man. I mean, I get for sure. But I mean, like for me, it's just, I think, <laughs> I think it's just, I like to be busy and I like to have a lot of balls in there. I was telling you, I have an extra day a week right now where I end up just filling it with things that ordinarily I could have got done during the week. So I'm like, what if I just filled that with a clinical day, satisfy that itch, change of pace. You're not, it's not just management business. It's like using the clinical skills you have and the tools you have to help folks out. Why not give that a shot for a little bit? And, and the worst case scenario is I don't have to do it. So I could do it for six months or a year and just be like, nope, that's not as good as I thought it was going to be and, and just stop. Right. And then your boss <laughs> is going to tell you, you got to finish your cases. You got to finish all your cases before you go away. All right. We're coming up on time. Everybody, dentalbusinessmentor.com. Check out our 200 plus videos and documents. It's all on there. Learn how to run the practice of your dreams. All right. Dentalbusinessmentor.com. Send in your questions. Info at dentalbusinessmentor.com. And we will talk to you next time. Ever since we started using relevance online marketing, I could see a drastic improvement in our SEO. I mean, we are ranking so much higher when searching for dentists in our hometown. We are seeing more new patients and certainly someone you should give a, give a look at if you're considering new marketing companies. Just absolutely awesome. I would recommend relevance to any practice owner who wants to see what proper marketing can do for their office. I want to thank Dr. Paul Etchinson for introducing me to relevance marketing. They've done a great job, very thorough. I'm happy with the results. Thank you guys for all of your help. We never truly realized how powerful this could be. It's really changed our business for the best. I think they're definitely worth every penny. Easy to communicate with, easily accessible, does what I ask, and even shows me some reports when things are going a little bit off track and what they're doing about it. You know, it's just a level of service I just haven't really received from other marketing agencies. Since we've been using Relevance, we've seen a tremendous growth in our business. I would recommend their services to just about anybody. Search engine optimization uh, and getting your ranking on Google to be the highest it can possibly be. The efforts uh, by Relevance and their team and the efforts and the things that they've done with the, uh, the SEO as well as the social media. Highly recommend it. So what are you waiting for? This is Dr. Paul Etchison telling you to get a free consultation with Relevance. As a listener of the podcast, you get the first month free and there is zero obligation to continue if you aren't blown away. Make this the year you grow your practice to the next level. Go to RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com to set up a free consultation. That's RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com.